Welcome everyone to our 14th episode of This is Not an Improvised Podcast. Liga is with me. Hi Roberta, how are Hi. you? Fine, 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 thank you. Well, could you believe 14 episodes? I couldn't believe it when we started. No, I couldn't believe it when we started either. And now it's the end of the year, the Christmas season is approaching, and I'm actually excited about Christmas this year. Why are you excited? <laughs> well, last year I couldn't find the excitement, but I think in these times I'm really like warming, finding the Christmas elf in my in, in myself, um, which kind of rhymes. Uh, so getting a tree today, um, gonna decorate it, listening to Christmas music, um, going all out. I see you. I see you. I did the same yesterday. Yesterday is decorating. The, I even bought more decoration than normal. I think that uh, we all need a little bit of Christmas spirit. I've already yes. started watching all the Christmas movies. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. That's also one of my favorite things of this year. And I just wanted to, I don't know if it's a secret, but I hear there's going to be an addition to your family soon. Yay! Matilda is coming before Christmas, so we're, we're getting a dog, so not everyone. <laughs> yeah, I realized I was like, it sounds like I'm just spilling It's zombies. a dog. <laughs> Because as soon as you said that, I could see all my friends like, oh, what? No, it's a dog. It's a Portuguese water dog. And she's coming before Christmas. Her name will be Matilda. Perfect. I'm very, very excited about that. Good. Then Tony so, will yeah. have a friend. Yay, BFF. I know. And speaking of surprises, we maybe people didn't know you're getting a dog, but we have a surprise for you today, listeners, because... We have the entire cast of This Is Not A Horse online on the Yay. podcast. Yay! Yay! Welcome. Everyone. Welcome, Stefan, Jonathan, Natalie, Mihai. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hello. Everyone sounds really excited to be here. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we <laughs> so we are on a Zoom room and we are very excited to be here all together and hopefully soon all together back as John is coming back from Japan. Yay! A lot of celebrations today in this podcast. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, and actually we, we thought having everyone on because uh, as listeners, you know, we've had everyone on individually to talk about their improv journeys, and we thought as a nice kind of Christmas special episode and to wrap up the year, we would go back to those episodes and ask uh, each of our lovely group members to pick an excerpt from uh, their from the recording from our conversation and then we could all talk about it yes sounds so good this is our christmas specials and stefani as is our uh, magic um, person behind the sounds is gonna surprise us with the first excerpt i felt this pressure that you have to always perform and be be brilliant and be smart and be clever and it's kind of like trying to decouple that and just say well no you don't have to be, always be brilliant smart and clever just simply being and supporting other people being brilliant smart and clever 
is 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 just as good. And I think that's the one of the beautiful things is that you 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 think you you're going to be the protagonist, but in end actually what your the best job you can do is to make other people look fantastic, and that's a really really nice way to 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 proceed. But sometimes you have to actively you have to actively decouple that and say okay. Move to the back. You're not. You're not. You're not the star of the show twenty four seven here. Wow! So, wow! Have you recognized the voice? So now I did. <laughs> <laughs> we all did. But uh, this was a rhetorical question to the listeners. Let's say so. Welcome, John. So hey, hi guys. Hi. So we have heard your excerpt, and can you just? explain now what what why did you choose this bit well I, i think i think it's for me it's a fundamental thing it's it's a nice way to lead your life it's a nice value to 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 live your life by i think not just as an improv topic i mean i mean it's a nice improvised idea as well but it's it's just if we, if you apply these values to your life well, i think we could all live in a in a nice better place and a better community and i, I think if 2020 has taught us something is that we need a bit more a bit more compassion in the world and a little bit more understanding and you know i think if we if we try and make others look look brilliant as opposed to you know trying to hug the limelight we 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 see great change as possible so i i i think this coming to the end of 2020 maybe we turn a little bit more philosophical philosophical <laughs> but uh well, that's that's why i chose it thank you i think it's really nice i think what you just said now could be another excerpt and another like quotable thing because listening to you it was really nice and very eloquent and very um i mean i think you said it it's it's a very good sentiment also to to live your life by and of course on 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 an, an improv indeed it's not you're not the you know everyone is playing the part it's a team sport if you want to say and letting others shine and knowing when it's your time to to you know to be a prunt or to support or 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 not be on stage at all i i think that's very that's very important and something um going to keep working on also in the new year yeah i think me too um i think it's quite difficult i don't know what you guys think of finding that balance between mm-hmm. being behind and being at the front of the stage i think we've worked on it a little bit with charlotte these days of how when to come in how to come in Um, but I still find it quite difficult. Sometimes I prefer to take the lead, not because of wanting the limelight, but just because I find it much easier to mm. be a main character than someone in the background. And I think mm. I'd, re- I'd really like to work on that because I've seen it in performances. People who are excellent at like building up atmospheres or I remember seeing um, one of the shows with Impro Bubble and like, Ben was just a fire and he was amazing at being the fire and it added so much to the scene that I I am not yet comfortable at being a, a background element. Mm-hmm. I, I'm much more uncomfortable on stage being the person in a, the barista in a cafe in the background making a cappuccino because I'm just like, what, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know when to come on. <laughs> Do I put foam on the cappuccino? What now? <laughs> yeah. Do I make it too big? Do I... <laughs> So I'd really like to work on that because I'm pretty rubbish. So I, I, think, I feel I like, other, yeah, go ahead. But I, I, the other thing I wanted to add for me, I think, is is this the act, the idea of endowment, yeah, the idea of giving mm. people something to work with as well. Again, being the protagonist, it's very much about being receiving this and then doing something with it. But, you know, seeing in the background and feeding people ideas or 
or situations, you know, being specific about a scenario, for example, these kind of subtleties mm. allow protagonists then to go off and do a better job. And it's about how you can feed other people, how you can help them on their journey as well. I think there's so many elements around it. That's very and, true. And I think also now with all this being online and versus the real life kind of improv that we're doing, I think the the thing that I've noticed in, in the classes that I've taken and in, in the workshops and so on is that it's even harder to um, to let's say it's much easier to be it's or it's I don't know how to put it it's easier to be polite online mm. than on <laughs> than in real life meaning that it feels more intrusive for some reason to interrupt while we're doing it online like we're doing now because mm. we cannot really read each other we cannot see each other we cannot mm. you know you're standing on the side. And you can check in with the person next to you and just sort of, is this the time? And you you feel your feet jumping forward. Here we don't have that physical uh, experience of the feet wanting to go forward. And that I find is the, I, now that I think of it, is the, it's the most amazing feeling when you're standing on the side and you feel that you want to go forward, your brain is holding you back, but mm. then you want to go forward again and you do it. And that is mm. totally missing in this kind of online world we're living in now so yeah you're absolutely right yeah, completely That's agree with true. this and this idea you said of politeness i mean even in classes or just like outside when i'm doing you know anything online whether it's for work it's like the the, the horrible you feel when someone starts talking you're like oh my god i'm so sorry no you go ahead no you go first no you talk it's like it's even more <laughs> like kind of you just like i talked over you online that's so yeah it's it's true this this politeness thing whereas yeah, you like you said, and, and and I completely agree with you. That feeling of like, oh, when you're going out there, and the idea, and and also the hope that the idea will help to support someone or bring something mm. additional, right? Because mm. sometimes I think mm. there's that feeling that you go in, and I brought something, I'm like, oh, actually, I don't think this is good, but okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was much yes. better without me in it, but okay, let's that's fine. Yeah, it's very satisfying when I think when your body goes into a scene. And you haven't, yeah. your brain hasn't yet engaged. Mm. Been, been sort of working on that a little bit this year, but uh... yes, we have. We've been working on this this year, and we have mentioned this also during a episode about when your body tells you to go, and you just trust your instinct instead of thinking over is this the right moment to go. You just trust mm. your partner, you trust your body, and you just go in. Mm. And online is is more difficult. I agree. So, should we go to the second clip? Yeah, let's see who is up next. Because it was a week of clowning, I felt like my body was exploding. I like my inner emotions were out there, and I and I was like, I don't know if you if you think about a movie and when you see those people taking some drugs or something that they see everything transformed i could see everything trans transformed wow memory wow. lane memory lane this was our second episode oh wow so why did you choose this clip roberta because um late lately i've well, I've been missing clowning a lot because as I, I was able to do some improv online 
uh, clowning was not so much. But lately, I brought uh, I brought out Clara again because that's the name of my clown, and um, and I felt liberated to be able to bring her back to use her also in uh, not in uh, clowning moments, but just use her, use the use me. As Clara, because it's Clara is me, it's just the, my alter ego. So it's just ha- allowing me to be my clown, to be my um, bigger self in the sense of emotional bigger self was uh, liberating because I, I felt a bit shy to do it. So and now I, I for the first time, I don't feel shy anymore about do, being clown, even when Clown is not required, you know what I mean? Mm. Can I ask how, how you you envisage like your your clown side to work with the improv side? Is it is it separate? Does it inform one another? I I think that well I think that it is they're connected because I'm one one whole person. I'm not divided, so they are connected, and I think that they're they're influencing each other in the end. And my clowning was helped me to move, helped me to be more uh, at ease in moving on scene, and to just don't worry about how goofy I looked when I do something. Just do it. And my and in the and improving clowning has helped me just to go for it, just to don't overthink it, just go for it. Something will happen. And yes, I think that they do influence each other. Hmm. Cool. I look forward to seeing more, more of Clara. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you and I did the workshop together, Roberta. There, you yes. you you took the advanced one as well, which was yes. quite amazing. So for, I can un- perfectly understand the clip as well because you did how many days was it? Eight days it, straight. It was a seven seven days or eight days. It's a full week, a full week of eight hours clowning all the time. And that kind of immersion is. It, it reminds me a bit of because I did five days with you or four days. I can't remember now, but uh, I don't remember. No, but but in a, in. In in essence, it sort of reminds me also of going away, like what I've done also ten day silent meditation retreat, which mm. is a totally different opposite kind of uh, immersion. <laughs> <laughs> but still, you come out of it with such a strange mindset. You see the world in a different way, and I think what you mentioned in this clip is that what comes later, if I remember correctly, is also you coming back to work and seeing the world in a totally different way. How has that continued or? Well, uh, I think that, uh, no, it has not continued because I think that what happened was that it really was like I was on a high. I was on a high of a, and it was kind of meditating because I was going inward instead of just outwards. I I was going inside myself to find the emotions to find Clara to to bring her out. So after a while, it fade off. It fade away because, of course, when I didn't exercise it anymore and when I was not her anymore, it was it was different. So and when I said I'm going back to work, it was like going back to real life instead of just going. I mean, I was Clara one day and the morning after I had to go 
and dress up to go to work, to go to the supermarket, to go to meet some friends. It was just go going back to real life was was where well, was different. But after a while, I didn't see the difference anymore. So now I think it would t it takes me more time to go back to the the high emotion I had during that week than to go back to normal life. And, and this year it has been everything but normal. So I think that also that had an influence on how uh, how Clara was and how I could feel the world because I was overwhelming with everything else that ha was happening. But is it, can I ask, like, because I'm kind of interested by this, is that, because you said back to normal life, but, like, if I think of myself or when I'm at improv or at work or going, doing other stuff, I'm me, but, of course, I'm not going to be, I mean, as you explained, describe the clown experience I didn't I don't know or if, or if I take improv you know the emotions and maybe what it brings out of me you know it's still me at work or in another place but of course it's a bit different like I can't be that person and that's okay for me I mean I, I don't feel like I'm not being true to myself or like maybe you know this other it's just that you have to you know there's it's okay and I feel like, in a way, do you want to be in this hyper in touch with the emotion that Clara brought out all the time? I think it's just no. interesting because it, the way you describe it, really, it's almost like another person that you bring out, which is you. But is it like that you feel closer to this person and maybe less so if you're I don't know if I'm if I'm or maybe that's not the point of, of clowning. And I'm just talking no, but no, maybe stuff. that is not maybe that is not the point of clowning, but it was what brought to me and so mm. the, everything is personal and I completely agree with you with I am Roberta all the time but Roberta has many different suits let's say because um, I'm Roberta at work I'm Roberta with friends I'm Roberta in improv I'm Roberta at home so and and it's not and as you said is not that we are not true to ourselves it's mm. just that we have different our true self has different facets for mm. every situation we are in. It would be it would be very strange to to act as well. I, I think that it's not because we are not true to ourselves. It's because there are situations where you you are just who you are in a diff on a different level. And that is not uh, is not right or wrong. It's just as it is. There is no judgment there. There is not that you are not true. There is not you're authentic. As long as you are authentic to yourself, you're authentic everywhere where you go, wherever you show. And isn't that exactly what happens in improv? I, I find because what we're talking about how you bring clowning to the real world, but actually in improv we bring, hopefully, the real world to improv. Mm. Mm. So for me, that's um, I mean. The best improv, I think, for my what I've seen is when you actually see something of the person, the real life person coming onto stage. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yes, it's true. It is real in the end, because improv is not script. It's not scripted. What you bring there are your experiences, are your real life experiences in the end, no, and the best in are that. But to me, that's a very interesting uh, additional attribute because it, you're right. Yeah, you can only put on stage what you've experienced yourself. You can't. Yeah, you, but sometimes, like maybe I said in my own podcast, I feel a bit shallow in that respect. Yeah, you don't feel like you have that many tools you can bring. 
and something like this clowning sounds very interesting in terms of being able to go into more, more go a bit deeper inside what your own experiences may have maybe been or the emotions that maybe you you have stored away or not something which you you tap into regularly to see what how you could maybe bring those onto stage later in in different scenarios and that to me sounds 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 very interesting but the way you've described it also sounds extremely traumatic. Eight days inside myself, I <laughs> yeah. think, would be would be a very dark place to go for a very long period of time. So, well, well done for surviving. That's all I can say. <laughs> no, it was it was not traumatic. I don't I don't think traumatic was is the right word, but intense. Yes, intense. I would uh, I would say intense. To, we go to, to, the, to say the least. Should we go to the next clip? Yes. But it really clicked to me uh, in that workshop uh, that was dedicated to failure. So basically it was exercise after exercise after exercise of uh, putting yourself, being vulnerable in front of other people and, and failing. And, uh, and th finally, th that day, I, it clicked. Mihai. Yeah. Yeah, so I, so I selected this uh, part of uh, of my episode um, because I was actually more curious about you guys to see uh, what are the lessons that clicked with you guys, uh, like improv or non-improv related, you know, in your life, maybe there was a proverb or, or uh, some advice that you heard from your parents or teachers or something that didn't, didn't really stuck with you. Uh, until later in your life and I'm curious like if you have something like that for me it was uh, this part about failing and of course there are some others as well but I was curious about you guys ooh interesting you're bouncing it back yeah <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a revelation yesterday it's more about improv that um, that you should really use your improv skills for good Rather than evil. <laughs> were you using it for evil? Yeah, we were. What, 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 what? No, now we come, were. Going to come across as a very bad mother, but uh, yesterday we were in the forest, and Elba was being a real pain getting back into her car seat. And you know, here it's Saint Nicolas, so in Belgium and Netherlands they have like this weird pre-father Christmas who comes. So I pretended to take a phone call. And then it was it was Saint Nicola on the phone, and it, and I thought it was perhaps one of my best performances so far <laughs> ever. Like I really had an in-depth call with Saint Nicola and how you know Felba was bad and she's not going to get <laughs> any sweets. And at the end of the phone call, I turn around and she's just in floods of tears, oh. <laughs> inconsolable. So, you know, I felt slightly bad, but quite <laughs> proud of my performance. <laughs> if you could have taped yourself, you would have been happy. Yeah, Oscar winning, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Use your improv skills for good, people. But oh. this was also good, because in the end, she learned that she was, if she's, she's not acting properly, no sweets will come. Yes, just lying to her. Blatantly. It's not lying. The <laughs> not Santa, lying. No, San Nicola comes for That's any it. kids that right. are listening to us. <laughs> it got, really does. Yes. Sorry, kids. 
I have his personal number. I can share it. <laughs> exactly. So if you have complaint, t- talk to Natalie. She will call him. She directly. has a direct line to San Nicola. Yeah. <laughs> what you said is really interesting, Natalie. And also, Mihai, what are the lessons learned that we have not realized until now? And we had a no, moment. I, I, I want to. I want to pick up on what what Mihai has has. As had extracted because I really resonate with that. I remember we did a class with Sean, I think, in February last year, or whatever. And and again, it was about this whole failure thing and pushing yourself until failure. And it, and in short form, it's a little bit like that. You hmm. you know you you have this. There's a competitive air about it in some cases. You know, once there's competition, then you want them. I want to win, and that's completely not the point. It's about you know putting on a good show. And although you're saying I'm accepting failure and I'm happy with failure, at the back of the mind, there's, there's or there's something on your shoulder which is saying, "Yeah, but don't, don't, yeah, just make sure you're you're the last one to do it." Yeah, and and Sean took us to breaking point, and he really took us to the point where it was like, okay, now it's how you fail that's more important, not not being the last to do it. And I remember having that epiphany moment, and it really fundamentally stuck. And going back to the previous conversation with Roberto, I have to pinch myself occasionally to try and remember that still actively. Yeah. Otherwise, it does, it does, it is something which we naturally suppress. I think. Yeah. I think. I mean, failure is a perfect example of you know a, a life lesson. Actually, I think it goes much broader than, of mm. course, than just improv. That's pretty obvious, maybe. But I think the 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 one thing that has stuck with me and still does and is repeated lately is just uh, Chris Mead, who's uh, from the nursery and Hoopla in the UK. What he one of these things that he says is just just feel something just feel something and <laughs> that that i think is you know is not just on stage but also in life something that resonates extremely strongly and it sounds very simplistic maybe but uh, once you start applying it it's um, it works every time mm, that's really start interesting feeling yeah mm. i think but- in my whole improv experience like I can remember maybe only three times when I felt something but when I felt something it was really huge no but I would say really really emotion Mm. it's very difficult to do on stage but the times that I did and one time I remember was just in like a rehearsal with Mihai was just in a in a in a warm-up we were doing monologues or something like it can come like how to get that much more on stage is I feel very far away from that, but it it's quite powerful. I'm just remembering the moment when I felt something very powerful and strong, and it was a, with a complete stranger in a very different environment. And uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> a Finnish man, the, the Finnish man in Barcelona, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yes, I remember that. And that was oh. that was quite special, yeah. We felt your <laughs> but I think I think you're right, Stefan, because I I'm. I'm going to go back to an experience where it was playing like a, a like a, a flirting scene, so to say. And, and I was thinking, okay, you know, you're an improviser, you can put, but I, I felt, I don't think I was ready for the feeling because I, I, it was playing it and I kind of started to feel, but then I was like, oh, this is too intense. I was like, this is, I shouldn't be. And I was thinking, okay, I have a lot to go on my improv journey to actually let the real feelings in, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's scary because if you feel, it's like you f- you think like, like that, will it show? Does it like, 
feel that I don't know in some way and I think this year sometimes I purposely keep the the feelings out like I'm haven't seen my parents for a year probably won't see them for Christmas I it's like I'm holding those feelings in because I'm like I will just like fall into a Mm. pit of despair and I won't be able to climb out so and I think sometimes improv I see myself like okay like when I played the scene like and I let it in and after I was blushing I was feeling it I was like oh my god and I felt guilty I was like did I actually like was I flirting back like I wasn't I was just playing but I felt the like I felt the emotion and I was really scared I was really scared and I played flirting scenes with all you guys before but this time I just (laughs) felt like oh my god it, it 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 really scared me I have to say that's a really nice point. It reminds me about a, a workshop that I took uh, on acting with uh, Gabriel Soler. And uh, yeah, definitely. Acting is not about mimicking emotions, but it's about actually feeling those emotions and being truthful to them, but about imaginary situations, not about something real, but something imaginary, but still feeling it. So. So yeah, definitely. That, that's also one of the things that clicked with me later in life. Because I always thought that actors in movies and in theaters, they, they just are being good at mimicking something. But they are actually feeling it. Like yes. in the movie, like they're, they're, even in horror movies, you know, when you see an actor screaming, they're, like, they're actually in pain over there. But uh, about something imaginary, not about something that's real. But I find even a way, I have even more admiration for like improv, really good improv actors. Because mm. if you're a straight actor... Uh, a scripted actor you, you can work on that you can mine mm. your own background you can mm. really find your emotion in improv to find that someone walks on and says they're your father your long lost father or something and you instantly get to the emotion that yeah it's an underrated profession improv yes so, yes because <laughs> it's a difficult it's a difficult to to explain to to people who have not done it or have not seen it i think that's the problem I, with the there's, there's one there's one great Thing which adds on to this is uh, is what we did in Barcelona is with uh, speak the truth, because at those mm. times as well, if, if you just simply speak your truth, mm. you can tap into a part of you which already you naturally mm. you, you're feeling. You have the sentiment already inside you, and if you can go to that sentiment and work with it, then that's that's fantastic as well. Just to to, to yes and on top of it as well. But yes, and uh, I think that what you meant about the emotions and being on scene and feeling the emotion is. I think that the the first time where we where we started to work on that one was with uh, with Sean McKinley, where we had to take layers off, layers off, layers off, layers off, and he's like, "You're naked," uh, okay, metaphorically naked, and 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 there you are raw, and you can show things. But as Liga said, we are sometimes scared of showing because it's so big, and that I think that feeling is what will make us so being true to our feelings is what will make us good improvisers in the end because we will be really there not just thinking okay what because sometimes we don't even think we just automatically do something mm-hmm. without feeling and then of course it's it's of co- I, I see myself when I play things without any feelings it's just I am just there mimicking as Mihai said but in fact, if we are there and feeling, and as Natalie said, it's, I mean, it's a huge thing to just be there and feel something right there, right now in that specific moment. I think that it will, will kick us in good, impro- even, even better improvisers that we are now. And, some, and if you remember, we did this exercise 
what is what is the motto of your character and that brought us to a different way because it, we were not only brain but we were also feeling because if our character would think everything is the mo- the motto of our character would be life is beautiful life is great we would then ha- we would then feel a within happiness that we don't would not would have not felt if we have not had that motto and we just went in just saying okay i will be a positive person so we have to bring it from cognitive to feeling to be there to be that from the mind to follow your gut basically it to to go to what mehai said what is the thing that you have realized lately that uh, you you have been told so much but you have realized lately that it's it's true when i follow your gut or guts as uh, i have to feel <laughs> english mother tongue looking at me you just be <laughs> just <laughs> just correct me whenever i say bitties in french okay and for failure yes that that is a big big lesson that i have learned many many years ago and i keep on doing if you don't if we never fail we have never tried and if we are never tried you never go anywhere this is my motto yeah. who will it be for me the perfect kind of microcosm is the escape room experience i don't yes. know who and i know we've done it as a bonding and this is not a horse yeah. so to to our fellow group members i'm i'm saying saying honest like i don't know if it's a great team building activity <laughs> liga this is just another way to air my grievances toward escape rooms which i realize run very deep and it's an emotion that i <laughs> i realize i was holding it for such a long time but i also chose it to like also get everyone's feedback what they think about and team building in, in general because i was telling my boyfriend that you know we're doing this and i chose this excerpt and he said you know i don't think i've ever been in any team bonding activity which wasn't competitive like of course he said like when you're cooking together and making chocolate whatever like that's fine but like any of the outdoor or escape or trivia he said i've always felt like we didn't bond at all in the end so but and i yeah and uh, i mean i don't know how it i don't know how it ties to improv but i just wanted to but 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 maybe it it, to like because i think also john you mentioned this idea of sometimes the competition coming in so yeah how do you yeah, because in improv, you're also working together, but in certain situations, maybe the competition comes out and how do you how do you manage that and how do you stick to working as a team? It's it's strange what you said. I mean, I, if I can pick up on what you said about, first of all, it has to be really, really strong, the feeling that you have for um, the escape room, because <laughs> out of 13 episodes, you chose this bit. So it's really strong. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is just the first thing it comes to my mind and the second is that well actually the team activities that i've done that were competitive i didn't like them i liked i liked more the team activities that i did that were not competitive i have made i have done many of those where no competition was involved and i think that for improv if we link it to improv well this should be especially if we are a group 
maybe competition is not the right thing as we are to make each other shine so if we have competitive maybe making each other shine is not the best is not what we want to do if we have in mind competition just just this is the first thought that comes to my mind after i heard you I think for me, and uh, escape rooms for me are all about having fun. <laughs> and yeah, then, for me as well. <laughs> and then I, I have to admit the the competitive nature in me comes out in if I cannot figure out a freaking some sort of puzzle that is there, I will start to get annoyed. But it's uh, it. I think what it does, it brings out every escape room. I think brings out a different character of us. It brings out mm. the 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 competitor, the the collaborator, the coordinator, the one who can step back and see things on, on a grander scale. The so, so and it brings out both good and bad sides. I think that's the interesting part. But I, other team building activities. I mean, I I remember one that I did a few years ago that I think it was called laughing yoga or something like that, hmm. where we were standing in front of each other just laughing. And then there was some yoga involved. I can't remember now, but that was the weirdest one I've done, I think. Uh, but actually, laughing um, together in a contrived way actually worked strangely <laughs> enough. Yes, <laughs> I tried Weird. it as well. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm in agreement with the Liga. I think I personally think escape rooms are shows everything bad about society. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I, I swear they're little microcosms for the patriarchy in those escape rooms. <laughs> and wow. basically, you're just like, yeah, I'll just let your ego go ahead because you think you can solve some numbers on a board, like whatever. <laughs> I still think they're fun, <coughs> but what? But I love, I personally love that improv. You, you can't do that. You no. wouldn't be a very good player if... No. You know, think, you'd, you'd get called out very quickly. I've only done one improv, one escape room, and that was with you guys. And my feeling was the stakes weren't, just, weren't simply high enough. We you were know, so tired. Room. I was knackered by then. You see, I, I, I remember I did an escape room once in the Navy where basically they filled a room with water. They basically, they sank you in a, in a, in a bath of, in a, in a oh swimming God. pool of water. And you had to block the holes up in the walls to stop you from drowning. And you that's a in proper the escape room. Yeah, I did sometimes, like, uh, like, like on the sidelines, yeah, what? and and or like, and you know, you have to work as a team then to stop you from drowning. And I think that's the thing about escape rooms; these are these are up the ante a bit, and then then you really work because then they, you really work as a team as opposed to just trying to prove that you're the best at solving puzzles, yeah. When someone's well, life is on the line, oh my god! Yeah, so basically, what is, you're suggesting issue, yeah? is that we should all go into a life-threatening. <laughs> escape room and there we, we will bond for sure because yeah. Then yeah, because my when, when survival is life, your survival yeah, absolutely when the like when battle, the life battle depends royale last man yeah. standing oh my exactly. god that was so much fun i didn't know about this about you john yeah. you were discovering oh, there's in the so Navy. many dark things about me yeah, yeah, yeah. was this when you were in croydon was the base there <laughs> when you went in the water yeah, <laughs> this was the boy band the team building <laughs> ironically it was actually yeah it was, it was, it was when i was in croydon yeah but it, it, it was it, it was all part of the, the school of hard knocks but it does teach you a few things i have to say oh god 
I have to say that I have I, I consider myself now after all this discussion a very superficial person because for me the escape room is just going there do things do not understand any math and trying to go out as soon as possible from this I never thought about this into a, such a deeper level <laughs> now hearing you I'm thinking hmm I should have reflected differently it's okay it's only me like honestly <laughs> like I think most people think like you know about that you go there you try to get out me I just because I'm always the one who is not very competitive so I'm pushed to the side so I have time to think about the deeper meaning of escape rooms in life <laughs> that's the reason that's the reason um should we go to our next clip yes <laughs> <laughs> with musical improv it's about raw emotions it's much easier to be super happy or to be super sad or to be just it's it's allowed in a different oh. way for me uh, in a in normal improv scenes it feels harder to get to that emotion that's maybe just because i mean i we i am not a professional actor in any way or any form so it's something that you learn over time, but with musical improv, it comes easier. And that's it. You get access to the emotions in a different way, I think. Well, thank you, Stefan, because this one, when I was hearing about the clowning, I wanted to say that, in fact, with musical, it they, I can get to the emotion easier. So, yeah. I completely agree with you on this. And, and I think we, we already touched a lot upon the, the emotion after Mihai's clip as well. And I think I was, as I was listening and putting together all these clips yesterday, I think every, all of them sort of bled together in my head. Mm. But, but the reason I chose this one was really because back then when we had the podcast, I think it was somewhere in yeah March, April, May, I can't mm. remember anymore. Mm. Um, <clears throat> that still held true. Um, but I, I think for some reason, somehow for me, things have changed and, um, it, it is not more difficult. I think in, in musical improv, for me, it's much more about that. You're allowed to show emotions in a different mm. way, big, big emotions, big, you know, just belting your heart out about your love for someone or your anger or your hatred. Whereas... The difference is maybe that we don't, what I said, I think we don't allow ourselves to scream. We allow mm. ourselves to sing loud, but we don't allow ourselves to scream. We don't allow mm. ourselves to be really showing our love, coming back to what you said before, Liga, when you, you related to that flirting scene. Does people see that you're actually feeling the emotion? And that for me is the, <clears throat> is the, is the difference, is that if I see someone on stage and I can actually tangently feel that they're feeling that emotion. That's so much stronger. And that for me is the, what I, when I refer to raw emotions, I think is the most important thing. I think like that you chose the, the, the musical improv is really, um, it's a good example. And also makes me think of, um, I was thinking, cause I love musicals in general and I love exploring through musical improv and singing and, and but we used to, to speak to a lot of people, you know, they say, oh, you know, I don't like musicals. It just seems like so over. Like, why would anyone just break out into songs suddenly after they got a coffee, you know? And it's like, yeah, but in a way, I think it says what you said that for me, when I watch musicals, whether it's improv or scripted, 
it seems truer, the song, you know, it's mm. like the true expression of the emotion. It's like you can go there farther. It's like over, you know, it's unleashed in a way, you know, whether it's anger, whether it's love, whether it's like super sad. Um, I think music does really. And I think that's why people get triggered by music or have special moments or have songs that they they love and that are elicit a feeling because I think music is connected so closely to emotion and 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 I think when I'm watching musical improv as well like I feel the ante up even as a spectator you know I love improv when I'm seeing musical improv I'm like oh wow this is just even greater I can't can't explain it it's like it goes a a level further and I think it's to, to what you said what you pointed out that that link between the two and that it's just so out there I cannot wait to get back to do it, musical improv. Oh, me too. Feels like a lifetime mm. since we did it. I can't remember even when we did the course. Was it this year? Still this year. The start. <laughs> it was of still this year. year. It seems like such it was a long this time year. ago. Oh, it yeah. was January, I think we started. No. Oh yes, I'm. I'm dying to get back. And and oh, I, me too. I personally am not at a stage where I can do anything on Zoom. I need to. I need to do it in person. So waiting. And honestly, the six of us, we need to work on a musical thing, too. Yes. Yes. It will be our project after the other project that we have put on all the for one year now. <laughs> and I, I am. And for me, if I may say, when I sing in musical improv, it's easier to find the words that I sometimes not being a native speaker in a conversation, it, com- it is more difficult for me to find the right word when to express something while in 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 while singing i have the time to to think about the next one because the words are taking are longer it takes more time to express the sentence so and it is for me more relaxing to do a musical improv than not musical improv mihai has a a question mark on his face No, I was um, I was just listening. Yeah, I, I think because sound is connected, it, the, we hear sound faster than we see things, and in uh, any other sense. Uh, and maybe because of that, it, we it's connected to us at a deeper level, and it triggers emotions in us faster. So definitely, I think for some people, it uh, it, it it takes out the emotions and and makes them express themselves easier and faster. Uh, for me, it's not. <laughs> it's not always the same. Maybe that's the question mark. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, when I I already have an emotion, and when I hear the music, uh, like if if I'm in a, a character that is in a sad state, and maybe I hear a, a happy song, it kind of goes against me a bit, and I have to, it, it takes a little bit of time for me to adapt. But I'm I'm I guess I'm the special case in this uh, in this area. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, and for the speakers, for the listeners, sorry, not the speakers, the listeners, <laughs> you definitely need to try musical improv because, uh, so many of my friends, when I told them, uh, they said, no, nah, but I can't sing, but you don't have to be able to sing to do a musical improv. So definitely give it a try. You'll see you'll love it. Yes, we, we are, we are far from professional singers, I would say, and it's just fun. It's just a lot of fun. So should we go to our last clip of the show? 
because like yeah like you said even in my work even meeting a client you're always I'm not sure I'm actually ever listening to exactly the words they're saying. I'm always in my mind going, okay, this is what I can say. This is how I can seem smart. And this is how, oh, I can seem like a super cool photographer if I tell them this. But I'm like, I'm not actually listening to the words they say. Mm -hmm. And with us in improv, if you don't listen, then you're, mm -hmm. you're screwed. <laughs> All comes back to listening. Silence. Nat, let's listen to you now. Why did you choose this clip? Um, well, I think it's a skill that that um, constantly needs to be worked upon in improv. It's really uh, it's it's I find it an everyday battle when I'm when we're in rehearsal or workshop is to is to still keep on really listening. Um, and yeah, it's it's a bit of your brain that you need to train as well. I think when you're doing improv because you need to listen as in listen to what the other person is saying. You need to be listening also with your eyes to see who's building the background. Um, there's actually a huge amount of information that you need to take in. And I think that's a, that's a really a, a muscle thing that you need to, to develop. Um, I think definitely got slightly better uh, than the beginning, but it's definitely something I need to, to sort of constantly remind myself. I mean, I think, it, like I said in that original podcast, it's, you know, something very important in, in your everyday life. I mean, this, this year has been weird in that it's helpful to not listen to like some parts of the world. Hmm. If you're listening too much to what's going on, then it can become overwhelming. So maybe I've developed selective hearing this year, but <laughs> that's just because we're living what through a pandemic. What you're saying is, is really... It's really important because listening does not mean that you listen and you have to integrate everything. You can listen and choose what to listen and what to integrate. Mm. And yes, this year was a special year where we, I think that we all exercised a little bit of blockage of uh, information in order to be happy and survive in the sense of emotionally survive. But I, I think for anyone listening to this, they're probably wondering, you know, listening surely is, is a fundamental thing which is easy to do but it's, it's for me it's such so difficult to to really absorb information and retain that information and use that information later on it, you know just simply catching the name of a person or the relationship of a person to you yeah. it's that it should be fundamentally obvious that but it's it is mind-blowing the number of times you get to a situation you realize i don't know who you are what you're called or what relationship you are to me and it's because i simply did not make the effort to remember that information when it was being distributed and it's it's so fundamental that we we have this internal monologue that drowns out our own ability just to to perceive and receive information it's really incredible so what you say about the internal monologue is in fact that we the, the active listening it means that you are switching off the internal monologue to let everything else listening to everything else because the internal monologue is go well, am i good enough the internal monologue that makes you not listen to other people talking is am i good enough uh, why am i what am i doing here am i is also sabotaging your yourself because what you're doing is putting yourself in doubt and when you put yourself in doubt you need to work on reinforcing yourself saying no you are here now you need to be strong and all this is going on in the mind of a person while they are listening to someone else talking therefore it's impossible that everything that the other person talks is absorbed or actively listened to 
Uh, I just wanted to say, uh, as I remember in, uh, in some of my first, uh, at the beginning of improv, my first classes, uh, when I get, got the advice of uh, listen or uh, like, what are you talking about? Because I'm hearing what he's saying. What more can I do? <laughs> but actually, yeah, there's so much more of actually understanding and, and being there for the character. And not just even sound, just like looking at the other person to see what is the emotion on his face to the surrounding uh, Maybe even to take to be able to incorporate other things that are happening, like uh, someone sneezes in the audience or something like that, to just to be present and, uh, like you said, absorb the information, not just like let the sound get in, but actually understand it and work with it. Yeah. No, it's hard and to listening. be present. Oh. Sorry. No, no, go. It's hard to be present. I think that's the because we're, as you said, I think you've you've mentioned the monologue. We're so much going on. We want to perform. We want to be good. We want to support each other and just to, and and, it, but at the same time, the way we've developed as a group, I think, and the way we see other groups developing, it's quite amazing the connection that you can see on stage and how how people actually learn to listen. I think this is one of the things that improv really teaches you. If, if you think about something for real life, it is to be present, to listen, to actually be there. I, if there's anything I would take back from improv, it's that. Yes. And sorry, what, sorry, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, someone had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> And listening with the eyes, listening with the ears is very important. As Meha and Natalie said, it's not only listening with your ears, but listening with all your, your body, listening mm. with your emotions, your eyes, your ears, and then you'll be fully present. Yeah, but and again, it's they, not easy. They say that in class, like look, in, look into each other's eyes and you're like, yeah, I am, I am, of course. But actually, mm. are you? Are mm. you? Really? It's actually hard to really keep looking into somebody's eyes mm. unless they are yeah. like... You know, you're just falling in love or something. It's weird to look into someone's it's true. like a, a friend or a stranger's eyes so intensely. We're not we're true. not we're not used to it. Yeah, and I associate it with like I mean, I remember when I was was, was still dating and, and 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 I would if I was went with someone or had a date and I would tell like a friend of mine about it and I was like, and you know what was great? He like actually looked at me when I was talking, you know, he looked, he was listening and looking, you know? So it's weird that like, it's, it's listening and looking, like really listening to yourself is something that you value. Like we value everyone. Like, you know, you, mm -hmm. you recognize like completely when someone is really looking at you and listening, but that it's hard to do it yourself. Like I find it also like, I'm like, okay, I'm in the scene. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, how, why is that, you know, that it's so hard to attain, whereas we, we recognize how actually the difference it makes? Well, I, I think also we, I think we think we're good at multitasking, that we can manage many mm. things at one time. And, and we're, we're, we're not so great. To, we, could, we can do it, but we can't be authentic and we can't be accurate. Mm. And multitasking is not possible. Your brain is not wired for that. Well, what you do is one tasking things very close to each other so you never finish one thing and you start another one and you start another one and then your brain gets a lot of time it needs a lot of time to get to the new thing and then to go back to the old thing so no multitasking is not something i believe in i have to say and listening and when you feel listened to um you are being recognized 
as a person, you're being recognized as a human being. And because of that, you feel better, you feel more in, more in, uh, more in tune with yourself because you are recognized by someone else as you exist, I value what you say, and I want to be here and listen to you. And you exist as a human being. And that, if this year has been the most important thing, recon recognizing each other that we are all here, human beings, and we love each other, and we want to be there for each other. I think that's a beautiful thought to end on, actually. I think that's really lovely. <laughs> that's um, the wisdom pill of today. <laughs> so good. Like, I want to knit that onto something um, that we all... <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I think it's a great way to 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 end the podcast and to end for this yes. year. Not end, guys. We'll be back. No, but like this yeah. episode. Sorry, I don't want to like give anyone a heart attack. But we'll be no. back in your the ears. The second one of the, the episode. <laughs> um, but just wanted to say a big thank you to our lovely group members um, yes. for coming on and making it so special. Yes, yes. So thank you thank you all and then thanks for also your cooperation during this past year of a podcast with us because this is our this is not a horse podcast uh, it is a group effort and we are really happy that you're here with us that you supported us so this episode concludes the first series of this is not an improvised podcast and we will come back after the Christmas or winter holidays with the new with new episodes with new exciting adventure and so keep on following us on Facebook or Instagram and we wish you a very warm season with your family and your loved ones and keep listening.